Welcome everybody to Solutions, where men come out of the shadows to testify, giving tips in manhood, honor the codes of integrity, and give real solutions for soul survival. Today, we have a special guest of a man. I've seen this tra transformation from a young man to an yes, adult sir. scholar. Give it up yes, for Moa. Yes, sir. The peace, peace, peace. What's going on, brother? How you living? I, I'm doing okay, but listen, I didn't give his full name, everyone. Moa, please give your full name. Greetings. This is your brother, Moa Oludumari. There you go. Try to yeah. say it again because people are like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you have to put the little ball, Olo yeah. do March. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. But yeah. Well, I want to thank you for coming on today and spending your time trying to give back to the community like you've always done. I've known you for a while. You've always given back to the community. You've always stepped up. So today is no different. Just answering these questions to see who can help on that journey. Somebody you probably never meet or never yeah. see. Or if you do get to meet them and see them, tell them, you know, that you was happy to help. Yes, <laughs> what person did you meet or see that gave you drive towards the man you are today that defined you um well i mean first it'll be my father um you know um he was my first example of what manhood is um you know unfortunately i only had him for about 11 or 12 years of my life you know he died when i was young um but in in that uh, short period of time he showed me what 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 a man was, you know, saying he took care of his family, you know, we never went hungry, lights was always on, we played basketball, he taught me how to work with computers, he taught me to be a man of the mind, you know, and things like that. I come from a line of intellectual, spiritual men, and, um, you know, like myself, my father studied everything, and he he always wanted me to do, do the same, matter of fact. <laughs> I always have a picture nearby, you know what I'm saying? So I have to give a shout out to, to my mans in there right there, you know? So like, so that's that's my father, man. Um, you know, I, I had the best father in the whole wide world, you know what I'm saying? He was the one who, who uh, like one of my main memories of him is when The Matrix came out. The Matrix came out in 99, he died in 2000. And he was like, son, you see Neo, right? Yeah, you see, he's the one, right? Yeah, he said, well, son, that's you. And that was like, that was the last, one of the last messages that he gave to me. And that's just one of the things that always stuck with me. That's great to hear. And I'm sorry that you lost your father at such a young age. Yeah. And he gave you that, you're the one. Can you give yeah. us another example of something he gave you that you carry with yourself to this day, like a tool and intangible for your livelihood? For your livelihood? Uh, yeah, my, um. My, 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 my thirst and lust for knowledge. Um, the, the reason that I'm, uh, you know, uh, like a scholar today is because of him. Um, I remember when I was like eight or something like that around that age. And, uh, I was going to church with my mom and all that good stuff. He wasn't a big church grower, but he was like, uh, he was like, son, he said, son, you know how to read, right? <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah. He said, okay. So why are you taking this pastor's word for it? Mm. I was like, I was like, look, man, I'm just trying to go to church because my mama telling me to go to church. I wasn't trying to get all deep with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm just doing, you know, because uh, my, like, you know, my mom wanted to make sure I had that spiritual foundation. My, yeah. my father wanted to make sure I had an intellectual foundation. He's like, you know, there's other religions, there's other ways of thought and things like that. I just want to make sure that you read everything before you make a decision of how you want your life to go and things like right. that. So, right. Those, those are the things that he, uh, 
that he, he he placed in my life. So he made you pick up some books and read. What was the first book he put in your hand besides the Bible? Hmm. Truth be told, he himself didn't give me a book to read. It was after he died. I was in sixth grade and I got suspended from school for flicking off my band teacher. I didn't flick him off. I just stuck my middle finger up and he saw it. You know what I'm saying? But mm. anyway, but when I got, I got suspended for five days, um, no, no, no. I think he was, he was still around, but I got suspended for five days. I had nothing to do. So I, the first book I picked up was the Bible and I started reading it for myself. And once I started reading it for myself, I started having my own ideas. And once I started having my own ideas, that's, that was the, the beginning of who I am today. Um, but yeah, it was, it I was I was a super church kid. Went on Wednesdays, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, and Sunday evening. You know what I'm saying? So like that that was that was my main source of literature as a, as a youngster growing up until until um, about 16, and then I started reading like Eastern philosophy, Hinduism, Buddhism, and things like that. That's what expanded my mind from there. That's a great gem your dad left you. Never take no one's word for it. Do your own research. Because yeah. everyone is a human being. That's a lot of people need to live by that moniker right there. Need to read more too. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Talk to me about your lowest moment, or talking not not even your lowest moment. Let's wait till we get a little bit later on in life, because men have moments in different time cycles, right? But talk to Go me ahead. about if talk to me how how did you get your mind together after sixth grade after that tragedy happened in your life? Talk to me. How did you? focus what would help you get back on track because that middle finger wasn't just for any moment first of all that was excessive i mean right. i've never been suspended five days in any type of school and i had more fights than the average bear but right <laughs> right yeah but yeah uh talk to me about how even at yeah. sixth grade well um the 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 first thing uh because that journey ended up being like a 20-year journey um but the, the first thing that ended up happening was actually depression like very staunch hard depression mm -hmm. um but I, I was always the happy kid the smiley happy joking kid and no one ever knew like my parents never knew my mom never knew my sister never knew until i told them you know between five years ago to somewhat recently, you know, um, of, of the mental burden that I was, I was carrying in those years. Like I, I remember distinctly, um, you know, after he, after he died, you know, like going to church that next Sunday and, you know, my pastor was saying, you know, Jesus loves you, but there was a small voice to myself was saying, except me. I said, how can he love me if he took mm. my father away from me? And things like that. I was a suicidal 12 year old, you know what I'm saying? And, mm. um, you know, you know, I feel like to the point where, you know, I found my mom's gun, you know, she should not know, she didn't know that part either, you know what I'm saying? And, and things like that. But, you know, um, yeah, yeah. So, so that, that was, that was my, that was my first uh, stage of it. And what ended up happening is I, I started to remember the, the jewels that my father gave to me. Uh, especially when it came towards uh, spirituality, because my, my father used to read, you know, everything from the Bible to the Quran to the Kabbalah to all these different, you know, different things. So the Bible was the first thing that I read. And then 
Uh, I, I studied pretty much every, pretty much every religion that there is to study because I wanted to understand exactly what it is that I'm feeling, mm. you know what I'm saying? And I wanted to understand how to get out of, out of that. And that, that, that was about a 20, about a 20 year, um, process. If I remember correctly, I would call myself healed around my 25th birthday. If I remember correctly, because I was ending, um, I closed the chapter because I was engaged before, uh, you know, uh, before I was with my wife and I had closed the chapter with her and, you know, we just had a good talk and things like that. And that seems to kind of, I had wrote a song called Full Circle around that time that, that kind of encapsulated all my feelings. And I was like, okay, I can, I can, I can breathe again. But it was still hard because I was, I was so depressed for those years. I didn't know how to write. I did not know how to write as a happy person. So for like a few months, I had writer's block because depression had had its impression on me for so much. Like that, that was my reservoir of bars and poetry and things like that. So when I was happy, I was like, shit, what do I write about? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it was a totally new thing. <laughs> hey man, yeah. listen, that is amazing. I, dude, so you read your way out of the depression, understanding of what life and spirituality was gave you a different perspective on wanting to live yes yep um yeah that and also you know i learned from the hindus and the buddhists about learning what suffering is you know what i'm saying and then you know i mixed that with you know with my own upbringings and stuff like that and um it, it just it's just been a journey you know um you know to the point now you know um you know, um, I've been, you know, ordained as the chief priest here um, by uh, Prince Tono Oki, uh, a prince from Nigeria, but he lives here, um, a Benin prince, and he gave me the title of Isakurde, which is the chief priest of divinity. So, um, man, it, I lived a lot in, in 33 years, man. You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> but <laughs> I lived a lot of life. But, um, yeah, I mean, but everything that I've been through made me everything I am. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Kanye quote. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. <Yeezy>. Jesus. <laughs> Do you have a vision board? I've had many. Um, I don't have one currently, but I've had many uh, through my life. And, you know, even as I went through my evolutions of life, my vision boards has changed too. Um, like my vision boards when I was in college used to be big houses, stacks of money, diamonds, cars, and all that good stuff. Now, man, a peaceful life is I, I'm already living it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, I mean, if I was to indulge, I would love to get a VW bus, my family, and go to every record and bookstore. And, you know what I'm saying, sleep at different national parks. You know what I mean? And that's it. That's, that's amazing. That is amazing. So that's 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 on the vision board right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My wife said she goes. My wife said she's gonna give me that VW bus. That's. <laughs> she, she wants to give that to me. Hey man, listen. That VW bus can be fun with the right people on it. There it is. That's what it's all about. Yes, that's what it's all about. Absolutely. How early did you start your goals? I want to announce my first book: Ten Most Effective Ways to Reignite Self Love. It's a deep reflection and deep dive into yourself, how to make yourself better overall. 
Check it out. It's available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook. If you want more info, email me at solutionsformen at sheen1.com or the author at sheen1.com. Let me know. You can RSVP one if you like. Now back to the show. I would say about 16, about 16, um, because I remember at 16, that's when I wrote my first philosophy of life. I wrote my first philosophy of life at 16 years old. And um, I, I think my, my mom might still have it somewhere in storage somewhere or something like that. But, you know, I, I was always a natural philosopher, man. Like that, that's what I was doing. At, that's what I was doing at 16 that in battle rapping but <laughs> you know what i'm saying but um yeah yeah I, I would say i would say at 16 that's when this this journey consciously this journey consciously began what's your conscious journey still going underway and you have reached so many volumes what did you sacrifice to be the man you are today um understanding from most people you know what I'm saying? Um, like, cause you know, you, you know, you, you know me, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when I was coming up in the poetry scene, you know what I mean? Um, it was always, it was always a misunderstanding with me, with the other poets. Um, and I never really understood why, because it was weird because I actually wanted to join with what they was doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, like when I first when I first got into that scene, which was around 2010, because I graduated from college. You know, what I'm saying like I, it was it was a dope vibe because it reminded me of like the fraternity vibe. I had just joined my fraternity, Iota Phi Theta Fraternity Incorporated, by the way. You heard? You know what I mean? And so like so when I came down and I saw you know all the poets, you know, saying they do they was doing their chants and the crowd responses and stuff like that, I thought that was super dope, and I actually wanted to join that. So like every time that I every time I was spitting in my head, it was a it was a tryout. You know what I'm saying? I said <laughs> so, so I said I was like, yo, I know eventually one of these guys is gonna come up and be like, yo, you fire, let's 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 join forces, let's join join my crew and let's do this thing. And I was you know, I was excited about that, but as you know, it went the total opposite, you know what I'm saying? And then um then what what most of them didn't know is at that time, like my defense mechanism was I was I'm I, I'm a battle rapper first before any anything else. When it came to writing, it always was in that aggressive I, I'm better than you kind of mode. So that was always my defense mechanism. So that that from that came you know the team poet era and all that good stuff. Um, and a lot of it you know a lot of the, it's funny because all the heights that I made in poetry and spoken word was driven a lot of it was driven on some i'm gonna show y'all niggas because <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying and like it, and it took me to going all the way up to nationals to realize that was the case like i went all the way to nationals when i was living in albany new york i was, I was a part of the uh, albany new york slam team um nitty-gritty slam and then once I reached that zenith, I was like, okay, I'm at the national level. So I know I'm going to meet some cool people like that rock like me, that think like me. Come to find out it was the exact same thing there as it was where I came from. You know what I'm saying? The same politics, the same and all that stuff. So I got disillusioned. I got disillusioned from it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to 
put all, I'm gonna give my all in this last performance, then I'm not gonna perform anymore. And I, except for a few times here and there, I, I pretty much kept that, kept that up. <laughs> you know, I was like, you know, um, I, I'm like Jay Electronica now. I'll come down off the mountain every now and then, I like spit something, <laughs> blow your mind, and then I'll disappear for another 50 years. <laughs> Straight up. But, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, writing always brings me peace though. You know what I'm saying? I never, I never stop doing it. I just, I just don't necessarily want to perform as much anymore. So you sacrifice your, you saying you sacrifice who you were because you didn't recognize that. I, I read a quote that said, no matter, I'm paraphrasing, no matter what you do, who you are, certain people are committed to misunderstanding you. Yeah. And you know, it's crazy because I'm one of the only people that totally understands Kanye. You know what I'm saying? Because I I feel like him and I felt like him, like especially during that that um that that uh spoken word team poet era. Because in that era I dropped a cologne, I had incense, I had shirts, I had all these different things and stuff like that. That was a, a before the curve of a lot of other people who might have ended up doing it later. And, um, you know, when I, I remember when I formed Team Poet, like, you know, the, the, the consensus was that I'm creating the vision in the poetry community. And I was like, y'all got one. How come I can't have one too? You know what I'm saying? And, you know, uh, you know, people was, you know, dissing my, lo my little crew that I was building up here. Or when we'd be on the stage, they would like mess with the microphones and, you know what I'm saying? But like, even through all of that, when it came down to the slams, we will win almost every single time. You know what I'm saying? So like, um, it's funny cause I went, I went, a what I didn't learn until later is I did so much dope stuff in that arena, but I wasn't even fully focused because like the, the focus was on again, proving to these people X, Y, and Z. It wasn't even about me. It was about me showing them that I can do X, Y, and Z. So like when I made it to the zenith of that, I found out that there wasn't no even there was no happiness there because that I wasn't even going off of my own heart. I was going off the to to, to, to prove to people who obviously didn't like me anyway. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, once I realized that, I was able to shake the shackles off. And you know what I'm saying? Like now I can write from my own heart. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, at that time, you know, my I changed my name from Crystal Poet to Samo. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was, like, one of my first... Like, because each name, each name changes. Now, I wouldn't call it a name change. I'd call it, like, a name evolution based off of who I was at that particular point in time. You know, Christopher the Poet. Then I went from Samo slash Samo the Misfit because I, I, I didn't fit in with anybody mm. at all except a few other misfits. Like, we had a band of misfits, like, like even in my uh, the New York team is like myself, my man Algo, and my man PV. We was like the misfits of the Slam team in and of itself. You know what I'm saying? So like we like even then we only rock with a remnant of the remnant of people. And like when we went to nationals, it's all these poets from all over. They was all corny. So I, I still just chill with the remnant of the like you know what I'm saying like I chill yeah, with the yeah. other misfits who would laugh at inappropriate jokes and. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, you know, we're so non-politically correct over here. We'll rag on you, but we will fight for you too. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. it was like true friendship and brotherhood. We wasn't trying to put on no airs. 
You know what I'm saying? Like one of our, oh, and the guy named KP. He was, a, I mean, he was white as whitey, white. I mean, one of the whitest white guys as you would ever know. But he yeah. was a dope poet. And like, and he was a misfit like us too. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, we just, we just vibed on that we don't fit in with them. So like, that's what made our friendship so, so cool and things like that. So, um, yeah, so I had to sacrifice being understood by the, the, whatever the mainstream of where I was at that time. And that might've been reflected in missing out on opportunities that I could have got if I would have tried to conform myself into that. You know what I'm saying? Cause like, I remember at one point they said, well, Crystal Poet, you cuss too much. I'm like, well, that's how I feel. I'm not going to not say how I feel mm. because you, you know what I'm saying? Because this comes from my heart. You know right. what I mean? Right. And I, I rather, I rather I like if there, I like, I'm sure there's a venue or people who like what I do for what I, how I do it. Mm-hmm. So, so one of the things I'm still trying to learn is I'm talking to them, not y'all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, if you hate and I'm not talking to you anyway. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, so, so once right. I understood that, I started to get, I started becoming more free. And right. like, um, and I, and I'm still, I'm still trying to find my voice. I, I'm still experimenting with freedom. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it, it's, it's easier to do that being unhinged by people's opinion or at least not as much. How important is to leave where you're from rebranding yourself? Man, um, for someone who probably rebranded himself about six times, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I think it's like, like, even if it's not in a name change, cause I'm actually as, as an MC considering a new one already. Um, I'm not sure if I'm a, I'm a, I'm a let it out yet, but, um, but it, it's important to do at least for me. Cause like each, each name for me, like your name is your nature. You know what I'm saying? Your name is, you know, like in roots to say your name is your shield and you know what I'm saying? And things like that. And each, each name that I went through was, like a descriptor of what I was going through at that time. Christopher the Poet. Poet stood for providing opportunities to entertain and teach. I was trying to put a lot of people on and create a movement. You know what I'm saying? Um, Samo was, you know, that was a playoff of, you know, Jean-Michel Basquiat's Samo name, you know, but mine was S-A-Y-M-O. And like, that's when I was, you know, starting to find a little bit more confidence, you know what I'm saying, behind my voice. Samo the Misfit is when I like realized that me singing my voice and I didn't fit in with nobody else that was saying their voice, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then, you know, coming back down and, and you know, Moa, you know, that, you know, Moa means uh, I am in Yoruba. And like that, that was the spiritual awakening of me, you know, and that was the shedding of all the old and, you know, and walking into the new. And, um, you know, each piece of art or poems or whatever that I made at that time reflects that mindset at each at each given time. There's no way I could be Christopher the Poet today. There's no way I could have kept that name because I, I've grown so much and I learned so much from that time and period. Um, so, yeah. You know how did, what I mean? How did but, you allow yourself to grow? Um, when I understood I understood I remember Kara said in 
the sneak attack album, you say you got to know your own formula, you got to know your own ingredients. And once I learned my own formula and my own ingredients, that like, and what that what I mean by that is, my life will go like in, in waves like this. You see what I'm saying? So like, when um say I'm I'm start off at a bottom, then I go up and raise up to here, Christopher the poet at this at this zenith right here, then I then I fall down. You know, saying I, that's just life trials and tribulations. You know, saying then I go up again and stuff like that. But the thing is that, that I learn and that I that I teach people is, at this peak and at this peak are two different people. It's like when when I crashed and uh and burned and all that stuff. When you get back up, you're stronger than what you was when you first than what you first started. Because you have the experience of when you climbed up the first time, and you have the experience of that zenith of that last time. So, like when you go down here, it's not that you're starting over; you're starting over with the wealth of experience of what you had of when you was up here. So, like, so when I'm down here now, I, I look at all the things that I learned from when I was up here, fuse it with what I'm feeling down here, and then I use that to propel me to my next, you know, come up and, and climbing and things like that. And um, and I, and I've been doing that. I, I, like once I understood that, I allowed myself to uh, an acronym that KRS wife flow follow life's outcome willingly. You know what I'm saying? And and realize that that life isn't happening to me, but it's happening through me. And if I just stop taking things so personally, I can I can kind of uh, you know go with the ebbs and flow of everything. Now now the down points aren't so low. Because I, I, I like, because I have all the other experiences of being low. I know where to stop at. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. if, I, if I'm if I'm holding on to something, and you know, if something's like really annoying me, I know when to let go of it now. Earlier, you know, I might do it right here instead of waiting to about right here to let go. You know right. what I'm saying? Because I I know where this is going. So you know that that and that's just wisdom from experience of life. And you know what I mean, and Karen you know why, you know what I mean, yo, That's you know I'm, a, I've yeah. been a student of KRS One Temple of Hip Hop since 2000, man. Like yeah, when you used to print off the certificates off of templeofhiphop.org. <laughs> know, know thyself. Yes, sir. Thou shalt know the universe and God. <laughs> you know <what> Absolutely. I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, like, I mean, um, you know, outside of my father, KRS One was my father figure. Cause I actually, I actually ended up picking up on KRS-One around the time when my father died. It's funny because at the time I didn't know who KRS was. I thought it said Chris One, and I thought it was the other half of Chris Cross because I heard that one of the members had died. So I was like, "Oh, this is the other half of Chris Cross. Let me get that." That album was the Sneak Attack by KRS-One, and as they say, the rest is history. That like that, that's what that's what helped. Um, dig me into my intellectualism because on that album he said like what I'm writing is guaranteed to enlighten like Dr. Cornell West, Michael Larry Dyson. I said who are these guys? So I started reading Dr. Cornell West, Michael Larry Dyson, Race Matters and the Michael Larry Dyson Reader. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, Cornell West will like reference a ton of different things from music to uh, writers like Anton Chekhov. Like all right well who's that guy? Who's B.B. King? Who's the Leonidas Monk? Who's Nina Simone? Who's all these people? Like so, like from from KRS, I, I like 
like from my father the roots krs and then the branches was like came from i learned about all these people through cornell west i learned about all these people through michael larry dyson i learned all these people through like you know whomever you know what i'm saying i will listen to people see who they reference study them you know and like that's just that's just how my mind always kind of you know kind of worked yeah do you have a will and testament what do you have in place for your family well, what I have is um, I have a library, you know what I'm saying, that we call the Moa Library. And we have a wealth of knowledge of about over, about maybe about over 500 books or so, so far. They all couldn't fit here. I got a lot of them at my mama's house. But, um, but a lot of these books are books that help shape and mold who I was. Um, because, like, if, if, if God's so fit that I don't become a multi-bazillionaire or whatever the case may be, the, the misconception is, is that you can't pass down anything unless it's material, which is total nonsense. I, I'm going to pass down to my son the ability to think and read. I wanna, I'm, I'm going to raise a reader because readers are leaders. You know what I'm saying? And, and um, you know, have me as an example, but when it's time to walk on your own too, walk on, walk on your own too, and practice those critical thinking methods to make you in, into a better, faster, stronger me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, um, because, you know, <laughs> you could have told me that I wasn't going to have my girl first. That's what I thought. <laughs> but, you know, when my baby boy came, I was like, you know, like everybody around was like, whoa, because they know who I am. They was like, yo, he got a son? You know what I'm saying? And I understand the, the, the importance of it because through him, it's going to be more. You know what I'm saying? We're the seed planters. You know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, and I just want to make sure that he understands the importance of that. You know, he's going to be in a loving environment where he's going to see his mother love his, uh, you know, his father love his mother, his father love him, and all these things. The small things that we tend to look over because we're so engulfed in consumerism and things like that. That's like, yo, I'm gonna teach you how to, you know, be proud of your smile, be proud of your laughter. You know what I'm saying? If you want to dance, son, then dance. If you want to be a philosopher, be a philosopher. You want to be a body, like, I'm gonna teach you the things that I know. So you're going to be a philosopher and a boxer. You're going to be, you're going to be raised in that, <clears throat> in that environment. But when you become of age, you can do what you want, but you're going to always have those tools that help build you to where you at. Because I remember when I was 16, I had spoke to my mom. I was like, look, y'all raised me up until this point. And now I'm at a point where I can either destroy the foundation or build upon it. And I told her that some of it I'm going to tear down and some of it I'm going to build on. And here's the books that I'm reading. You know what I'm saying? This is the conversations that I had with my mother. And at that time I was reading Hinduism, you know, with my guru, Parahamsa Yogananda. You know what I'm saying? And things like that. And luckily I had a mother who embraced that. You know what I'm saying? She didn't make me feel crazy. She actually said, okay, that makes sense. I like, no, nah, she, nah, she, she, she might have went, you know, at home later on that night and prayed for your boy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, which I know she did. But, um, but you know, I, I'm blessed to not have a family that stifled my my mindset. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And right. I, I'm, I'm, for, I'm forever grateful for that. And I'm a, that's what I'm going to pass on. Let me ask you a question. Should there be a basic training program amongst men, like a basic level of education 
skill trade given to all black kids in all the neighborhoods? Like, should we come together as an independent community to make sure our kids have a basic level of education? What I mean by that is, you got the No Child Left Behind Act. We rely on our schools to educate our children. We are past that now. As a community, it's my next door neighbors, children, everyone, not even my, not even the children, even the parents, everyone should know how to read, write, and do certain things on a basic level for a basic level of communication for us to prosper. Do you think we can ever implement something like that in all our communities, like an actual plan? I, I believe that we should. And it's funny that you say that because I'm actually reading this book right now. It's called The Recipe for Reading. You know what I'm saying? And, and, it, and it's like intervention strategies for struggling readers. You know, um, I also have one on writing. You know, literacy is my big thing. You know, um, again, student of KRS-One, you know what I'm saying? You don't see with your eyes, you see with your brain. And the more words that your brain has, the more things you're able to see. So, you know, that's, that's, that's my philosophy on it. And like, you know, my philosophy, even in the Moa Temple, it all deals with your vocabulary and how your vocabulary feeds your perception. Your perception uh, fuels how a, you know how able or unable you feel that you're able to do or not do. So yeah, I do believe that that's something that has to happen in these schools because we're giving people outside of ourselves too much power over ourselves. You know what I'm saying? And these people mm -hmm. might not have our best interests in mind, and we've been shown that again and again and again and again. And you know, th this is this is what's frustrating when I look at the the world in mass because you know, rock the vote, all that good stuff, cool. But my thing is, don't don't use that as a way to pass the buck to somebody else that you felt that you did all that all that you can do. You know what I'm saying? When we have millions of black men and women who went to school for education, who went to school for all these different things, who, who went to school as uh, mechanics and things like that. Like we can't get our little brothers and sisters together and be like, yo, let me show you how to change a tire, how to change oil how to do these things, like build our own apprenticeships, you know what I'm saying? And right. make sure our, our, our children have an actual skill that they can do to do whatever that they want to do. We're, we're the most creative people on the planet, but the thing that, that, that we fall into, and the Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. And people always misquote it and say that money is the root of all evil. No, 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 no. It's the love of money that makes it the root of all evil. Because if you love money so much that you have a wealth of information that you have in your heart, you see a young brother that's struggling and you know what you have will be able to help flourish that little brother or sister. But you's like, you know what? You don't have $19.99 per month to pay me to give it to him. You destroy that young man and you destroy the generation of people that's going to come after him. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Just because you're chasing $19.99 or whatever the case may be. I ain't saying not get your money. Get your money, man. But at the same time, when it comes to real community building, it's going to take a sacrifice of that sometimes. It's going to take an extra burden for those that are in the know to, 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 to pull your sleeves up and go backwards and pull one up at a time. You know what I'm saying? And, and actually do that. Whether, you know, because there's always, there's always a remnant in our neighborhoods that are ready for it right now. But if, if we don't get them, somebody is. If we don't get them, like another KRS lyric, he's like, uh, when you're talking about children, you better, uh, we say, you better lead them, you better teach them, you better read them. The system will defeat them if you don't teach them. The cops will beat them. You know what I'm saying? And like, and a lot of these young brothers that's that's dying at the hands of police or or doing all this stupid stuff or whatever the case may be, they ain't got no fathers or no father figures. You know what I'm saying? No and, and no leadership. 
You know what I'm saying? And 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 and, and if we and if we as a people keep on having the mindset of that ain't my problem, it's gonna be your problem because see that kid might knock out your kid, might shoot your kid. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to bring all these kids on at one. Yo, bring them on. You know what I'm saying? Like I like you know in the Moa Temple, we we have a concept of village father, village mother, village child. Yeah, these children might not not have come from my loins or my wife's loins. But you're a children that's you're a child that's under our umbrella, so you want to get you're going to see what love is like. Even though your father's not there, you're going to see a man treat your mother right. You know, what I'm saying when you at my house, you're going to see someone treat your mother right. You're going to see my wife make sure that you know how to. You know, my wife is going to teach your mother how to cook a good meal, so so so, so you can you know feed your child that. You know, what I'm saying you go you're going to learn from us uh, how to set up schedules of of this is the time your child should wake up. Go to sleep, have nap time, help you bring up, build a structure, you know what I'm saying, and things like that, so you can take back back to your village. You know what I'm saying? Because that's how that's how our people thrive. Our, our houses were interconnected. It was like pipelines. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, it, it, it was pipelines and stuff like that. So if I'm short on money, but you got the hookup, you know what I'm saying? Yo, I'm going to watch your kid over the weekend. You give me that hookup. We both eat. Your child is taken care of by someone that you know that loves them. You know what I'm saying? And things like that. So that's how we build a community. But you know what I'm saying? And, and I know for a fact, all praises are due, that I that that helped change the trajectory of the few kids that I know personally that I was able to touch, you know, mm-hmm. under under our umbrella. But there's countless ones that I touch through working, you know, at the job that I work at because I, I make sure I wanted to work at the one that was in the hood of little kids that looked like me so I could be like, because I can talk to them in a way that most of these squares can. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, like that, that's my passion, man. That's my passion. I love it, this. It, it, it's something something to say that I, I came to that hood and that library. I was there for several months helping kids in the neighborhood put together some music stuff. Yeah. We can talk about that. But I, right now, I want to talk about the moment. I was there. I was there when you met Karis one. I was there yes, when he signed your yeah. book. Talk yes, sir. Me, talk to me about that. That feeling. That 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 is the apex for you. And we want to yes, we want to talk about. We talked about the lowest moment, but now we want to talk about your apex. One of your apexes, and I know yeah. that's not the apex because I know there's several more you can give me. Yeah. But let's talk Absolutely. about that one in particular. Tell me about that. Man, me meeting KRS One was like a dream come true. You know what I'm saying? And it's funny. I ended up meeting him like. Well, seeing him like three times that year because he he had went to Charlotte and did a show at this place called the White House. So I saw him there and I had got him to sign my ticket, you know, real quick. You know what I'm saying? Then he came to the hip hop day and then he did the lecture. And that's when I uh, got to chill with him more. But at the one that, that you and I was both at, what was um, monumental about that is, again, I was, I've been a student of KRS-One since about the year 2000 under the temple of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? I had his book, Reminations. I got the gospel of hip hop, all that good stuff. Read him cover to cover kind of situation and all that. And like, um, I, I owe that I owe that brother a lot. So I got a chance to tell him that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got a chance to tell him that he saved my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I had a chance to tell him that when my father died, I came across your album. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it, it came like that. And on that day, I gave him like the uh, the rough draft of my first book and our in the Moa Temple founding documents. I gave them to him in that box. 
And like in one of the pictures, he's like, oh, and I was like, yo, I'm glad, I'm glad you caught it like that. Because like he was like, yo, he said, yo, brother, this is what's up. And I was like, yo, KRS just called me brother. Yo, Calvin just called me brother, say. That's my man. Like, yo, that's my man, Foxy fans. Put a stamp on it. I saw that. I had to stop and, and watch because I felt like this was a moment for you. I yeah. remember exactly all the conversations we had previously. And I said, yeah. I got to stop and watch this brother enjoy this moment with Karis One. And then there is there is a famous picture out there with, with Karis One surrounded by a sea of people. Yep. And you were right there next to him holding up the hip hop Bible. Yep. The guy, right. I sure was. Holding up, just like that. And you right was right beside him. him. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, on, I, make my way, I make my way around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was it was a nice, it was a nice moment to see. Yes, indeed. But yeah, that, that was definitely an apex, man, because um I was like, man, I done, I done, I done, I done met my teacher. You know what I'm saying? Like I hold him to the high regard as someone in the Nation of Islam might hold Minister Farrakhan. You know what I mean? Mm. So, um, you know, like that that's how much of a teacher he was to me because changed your life. Uh, yeah, changed my life. We studied the same things. Like he studied from the Hare Krishnas. I got that, I got that too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like, you know, like when it went, I said, all right, let, let's 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 go even farther than that. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's Let's, let's really take off. Because I remember one interview I heard from KRS, he was like, yo, everybody who I make, everybody who I meet, every person that I meet makes it. And I was like, ah, well, we done met. So, and like in my mind, I was like, you know what? I, I Like speaking of vision boards, I know we're going to meet again. How and when and whatever, that's none of my business, but I know we're going to meet again. And it's going to be on a more intimate level. Like, yo, KRS, come through with the wife. You just postulated. Yeah. You just postulated something in the air that you want to happen. The universe hears yeah. you, brother. Let me ask you a question. How do I approach a man if I that I have problems with? You know, um, I've, I've I've had those happen somewhat, somewhat recently, and it was weird because I I didn't really even know this guy like that. But you know. And, 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 it's, and it's a little more difficult now in the social media age. Um, but nevertheless, it's, the only way to do it is to really do it. You know what I'm saying? But you, you, you don't have to come in the energy of, what, motherfucker? You know what I'm saying? You don't have to come in that energy. You could be like, because like, like when I had an issue with a brother, I just asked him. I said, brother, I just noticed how you respond to everybody else except me. Is there something that I need to apologize for that I might have offended you on that I didn't know that I did? Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I, you know, so that's how that's how I normally come at it. I was like, you know, I come at it like, yo, give me a chance to apologize for something that I might not even know that I did because I might have offended you, you know, because I say some ratchet shit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you know, I don't necessarily mean to offend anybody, and if I did, give me an opportunity to apologize you know, for it, because I don't really know you well enough to have a legitimate problem with you, but I can tell that you're perturbed with me about something. Mm. So let's have the conversation because it could just be a misunderstanding, which nine times out of 10 it is because I don't know you like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and, and um, that's typically how I do it. 
Um, you know, like uh, the, the the last is, uh, situation I got into with a brother, it, it was kind of like that. And um, you know, but you know, he was on that rah rah. Man, I knew you was a beta male. Blah 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 blah. Woo, 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 woo. So I, you know, I, I, I Facebook called him because I didn't know I didn't know him, so I didn't, and I didn't have his number. So I was like, well, let's let me disabuse you of that misconception right now, brother. And, but you know, you made it head on. Yeah, so, but when it came to that, next thing you know, it's like, man, don't be calling me on the phone. Click, and then he hangs up on, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, I was like, brother, I don't even know you to have a beef with you. So I, it has to be something else. Right. But if you don't want to talk about it, I'm going to just let you do you over yeah. there. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that was my issue in the, in the poetry world, too. I was like, I, didn't, I don't know none of these people. They formed a opinion about me based off of that maybe their own insecurities or whatever the case may be. And then they shared that with their friends and all the people that they knew. So they had a, a skewed perception of who I was when I don't even know y'all. Right. Nobody, nobody set me, nobody set me down and said, yo, let me have a conversation with Krista Pope. The only person in that arena that has done that is you doing this right now. From then. Till now, you're the only one that sat down and had a conversation with. Real talk, and like you know, we we've done shows and stuff like that. We rock like that, you know what I'm saying? But I would say that I knew a lot of these other people more than I knew you. But you was the one that actually had a conversation, you know what I'm saying? And that that says a lot about your character. But to be honest with you, during that time, I was like, I'm gonna have to take it with a grain of salt because you know he's chilling with the enemy. I don't know if he's running back. You know what I'm saying? But like that that was my mindset. But it took me to actually get to know you. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And it's like when you get to know somebody, perceptions can either be strengthened, weakened, or completely fall off. You know what I'm saying? So in, in, in the case of, of you and I, perceptions completely fell off because um, I got to know you. And like when, when I had my team poet crew, Hey, what's up, everyone? Just a quick pause in the show to let you know what's going down with Solutions for Men. Visit MyFavoriteTravels.com for all Solutions for Men merch. Everything you purchase goes to the overall production of the show. So if you like what we got going on here, you can support and get you some merch for Solutions for Men. We're now tuning back to the program. Thank you for this 30-second break. Enjoy the show, man. The, the guy that I had my issues with, I made sure that I did not block that for them. I said, because your, your interaction with this guy might be totally different from my interactions with him. So, and I was like, and I know this guy knows a lot of people who might be able to plug you in and a lot of opportunities and things like that. So don't stifle your, your spoken word potential because me and him have an issue for whatever the hell reason. You know what I'm saying? So I just wanted to make sure that, that they was good. You know what I'm saying? Like, because it's obviously a weird personal situation or, but you know, God bless him. You know what I'm saying? Poetry politics. Um, it, it was so corny, man. And it, 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 it was in New York, too. And I was trying to warn him. I was like, Moses, like, yo, don't go down this path, yo. Because I've I been where y'all about to head. And, like, it, it's, it's, man, shit is sad, man. Because I just, I just spit bars, man. I just, like, I just, like, write. And they, they stole the fun out of that. So now I just do it at home and spit and perform for my wife. It's all right, man. You can get back out there. Nobody's still Oh, like easy. Oh, easy. Oh, they, yeah, they still still. I'll smash their ass now. Talk, talk to me about <laughs> validation from your partner. Like, getting a woman or a man 
vice versa. Mm -hmm. It's like winning a championship. But Absolutely. What I, but what I think people forget about is you got to defend the title. Yeah. Talk to me about, you know, making sure that you are always at your best so that person can stay involved with you. Is that important? Man. Oh, absolutely, man. Because at this point now, up until, you know, my son being born, that's like, like, I love, I love my wife so much that her, her, it's her opinion that matters. That's the only opinion that like, cause she knows me more intimately than anybody else. So if, if I can come, if I could come back home, look my wife in the face, give her a kiss, give her a hug and everything and stuff, I'm good. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Because my wife knows me. My wife knows where I'm coming from. My wife knows my character and things like that. So um, that's 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 the pinnacle of what matters to me. You know what I'm saying? At this point, you know what I'm saying? Like the like the whole world can be like, yo, this, yo, Moal Whack or whatever the stuff like that. Yo, my wife from Baltimore too, man. She'll be she'll be ready to fight before I am. You know what I mean? And like, and that's just that's just how we all we got each other's back. I'm a cool dude. You can say whatever to me, but the moment you, you even attempt to even, I will slap the thought out your mind before you even bring my wife into your mind or anything like that because she's a treasure. She's a treasure to me. You know, what I'm saying like, words of the five percent is the earth. You know, what I'm saying we pr we produce fruit now. You know, what I'm saying like, yo, that's the mother of my son, mm -hmm. son. You know what I mean? So it's like all this, all this other, sh yo, this. All this other stuff is just trash in the wind, man. You know what I mean? Like, like when it really boils down to it, yo, I, I could if 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 God doesn't bless me with nothing more than than, than this modest size apartment with my wife and my son, I'm good. I can unplug the internet. I can unplug all of this stuff, and like, and 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 I make sure that she knows that I love her. You know what I'm saying? I'll be sure that I feed her the knowledge that I know and things like that. So, you know, because we both Libras, we both got the big hearts and stuff like that. And I see, I, like, I tell her all the time, like, she's like a younger me in a lot of sense. So I'll be like, you know what I'm saying? I'll be putting on game or something that I wish that I had when I was going through it. So now then I'll be sitting back and watching like this. I'll be like, now you do your thing, yo. And like, man, it's a beautiful thing. Like, we pour into each other. We give each other life. We, we feed each other. And like, you know, when I'm sick, she got me. When she's sick, I got her. Like when she was pregnant, man, I took over the whole house situation, man. Like, and, and I love it. It was like a it was like a, a bracing feeling. I was like, man, let's shoot, let me go out here and do this grub hub and stuff like that. So I can make some extra money on the side. Let me schedule some time, make sure that the dishes are washed and mop and stuff like that. It might not be to the degree that she did it, but I did it though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because like mm -hmm. I, I I understand her value as a partner, you know what I'm saying? You go, our, our, our first dance at our wedding was um, Mary J. Blige and um, Method Man, All I Need. You know what I'm saying? That was our dance, you feel me? Like, we, we, wasn't, we wasn't slow dancing out here. Like, yo, that first verse, Method was going on. Like, that's, that's, that's it. That first verse, that's life right there. You know what I'm saying? And shoot, man, that, that's, that's, more, more, more value than diamonds. Man. I feel you. Let me ask you a question that I want you to think about before you answer. Sure. I came up with something called operating at 100%. Mm -hmm. Now, the details can be defined how you see them, but it really goes into spirituality, health, knowledge, 
and you know uh, exercise so you give 25% to each one to be honest with yourself what percentage are you operating at today and you said what what were the uh matter of fact let's let's pause the interview let's pause the interview for a second cuz i'm going to be okay. 100% accurate i wrote it down here and i want to make sure okay here we go all right all right for me I came up with something called operating at a hundred percent. And some of the things I came up with in percentage wise can be detailed and changed according to the person. But these are the topics I came up with. I came up with purpose, health, confidence, knowledge, and money. Each one have a different percentage is five different items. You can break it down how you want. When it comes to your purpose, living in your purpose, being as healthy as you can be, being as confident as you can be, having a little bit of change to support those factors and knowledge. Every day, if you had to average yourself out, how much are you operating? How closest are you to 100% a day? Honestly. I would say about 70%. Because my main two things is I love food. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh like I try to I, I try I try to balance it out with the working out and things like that. You know what I'm saying? Like um, you know, I, I could be healthier, you know what I'm saying? Um I try to offset things by being, you know, fairly active. You know, saying I love boxing still. You know, saying I, I do, you know, some kind of physical activity every day. But I still know I can be be healthier. You know, I still have my vices. You know what I'm saying? That's and, the thing. Um, the question is subjective. Let yeah. me tell you why. Because for me, health is thirty percent, and that's the highest percentage I have, right? Mm -hmm. For a daily intake. 25% is purpose because you, you got to be healthy to get involved into your purpose. And then I have confidence. I think I have that at 35%. Oh, so 35% is higher than my health because I need to have the confidence to get up to do these things. Then I have 5% money and then 10% knowledge because sometimes I just want to go off what I've already learned instead of taking in knowledge all the time. And now this is yeah. for a daily thing. Right. It depends on who you are as a person, what you feel that you need to upgrade your percentage in for you to make a hundred percent. Right. For me, it's definitely health because I love food just like you. But it'd yeah. be a person who might have that down. They might have exercise and food down, but not to have the purpose down. Right. They're just going to the gym. You feel right. me? So yeah, operating at a hundred percent. I just wanted I wanted to put that in your spirit. So when when you when you just want to get up and get busy and try to do something ask yourself are you operating at a hundred percent are you giving yourself a c plus today b plus or a did you really operate at a hundred percent and that's a daily process it's not a it's not an overall average so when you wake up in the morning and you decide to eat the healthy meal instead of the bad meal you're you're, you're getting closer right. to your 100 percent that day right. and which brings your overall average up for you to get absolutely to the best version of yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you know, uh, 
as I've grown and evolved, I'm like I noticed that stuff too. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, if I if I'm partaking in one of my vices, instead of eating one thing, I might end up getting some so eat a eat a mango instead of eating some pizza. You know what I'm saying? You know, and and and, and um uh, uh like when I used to smoke cigarettes, you know what I'm saying? When I was breaking that down, I was like, it's hard to just stop. So I said, let me just do half a pack. You know, well, I never actually did that much, but like, let me just do a Lucy a day. You know what I'm saying? Like the uh, morning, afternoon, evening. You know what I'm saying? It's like progressional things, progression towards perfection. And then like uh, once I did that, you know what I'm saying? That, that made it a little bit more easier uh, to manage the the progression and things like that. So yeah, that that's, yeah, yeah. That's how I got down with it too. The law of averages. I got one more yeah. question for you, and then I'm not gonna keep you no more from your family, man. Yes, sir. When, when should a man get serious about a woman? Like when? Well, as, as, as a, let me let me react to the question. When should men get serious about our women? And what I mean by that is, you you can give me an example of an age of what you think and what a, per, a man needs to have in those respects, and that realm once you get serious about a woman because everybody plays everybody has a good time regardless of what you say you could be in a church all you want you're going to play because you're a human being you're going to have attraction when should a man get serious about a woman when he truly understands the value of one you know what i'm saying It, it, it took me to really understand it took me to understand the true value of a woman to take a woman to, 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 to make sure that I was good. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, case in point, um, me and my wife met on Facebook, you know what I'm saying? Um, shout out to Mark Zuckerberg for that. You feel me? But she, she lived in Baltimore, you know what I'm saying? And I, I was here, I was here in Columbia and, uh, you know, we was friends. We was talking on the phone like every day, you know, for like a good year. You know, uh, video chatting, regular phone chatting, and all that good stuff. And I had just moved back down from New York not that long, that that, that much long ago. And at the time, I was living, you know, at my mom's house in my mom's basement or whatever the case may be. And it got to the point that we wanted to meet, you know, one another physically. She wanted to come down. And knowing at that point the value of who she was, I said, not yet. Because I want to have myself together so I can actually welcome you to my city. You know what I'm saying? I want to be able to welcome you here and not have you just go, you know, we just meet at a hotel. You know what I'm saying? I did that with bus downs at the time. You know what I'm saying? I said, I, I, don't, I don't see you as that. So I said, give me a little second and I'll let you know when you can come down. Three months later, I got my car. You know what I'm saying? Three months later after that, I got my apartment. Then I said, now you can come down. And then like uh, she visited and then um, uh, I went and got her and moved her down like literally like a week after. It was on her birthday, October 11th, 2015, right after the 100 year flood that we had. And uh, I moved her down, I moved her down here on her birthday on that date and we married with a child now. You know what I'm saying? But it, it took me to like, it took me to really understand what the value of a woman was. She made me feel a way that I never felt before. I knew it was different. All the times that I thought I was in love, I really knew that I was this time. 
you know what I'm saying? Like, cause I, I was like, I had to immediately get in formation to do what I have to do to make sure. Like, you're like, yo, she, like, yo, you're just visiting. We don't even know if this is going to be real yet. But I said, you're just visiting. And I wanted to make sure I have a car and, a, and an uh, apartment to bring you down. Cause like, if you come down and I ain't got no car, what we gonna do, just chill in the room all day? I mean, we could, but you know, I want I want to show you Riverfront Park. I want to show you downtown. I can't, I, you know what I'm saying? I can't do that if I ain't got what I need to do that. You know what I'm saying? So I had to make sure that I had those those bare minimum things taken care of so I, like, so I could really show you around and, you know, have a place that you could feel safe at and all that good stuff. And, um, you know, it, it, I, I can't, I can't, it's just, it, it's a, that, that feeling of readiness is very much akin to the feeling of being in love itself. It's something that you really can't describe per se, but you know it, you taste it, you feel it. It's just a, it's like a, a I don't know, an extra rush of testosterone or manhood or, something like that i knew i had to go get it you know what i'm saying like when when i when she went from being girlfriend to fiance that that i said shoot let me go get it some more that brought like a little more off behind me. when she went from fiance to wife oh shit you know what i'm saying now i'm really out here ready to get it and now that she went from wife to mother oh bruh this is this is the most important this this is this is the time that you know I was like, yeah, like, yo, let's 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 get all that we can get now for real. You know what I'm saying? Like, if that's what you want, you know, it, it's just weird. It's like, yo, it's, it's now. It's like, yo, you want a million? If you if you want that mansion, I bet you will get it. You know what I'm saying? If you want that, I bet you will get it. You know what I'm saying? But you know, we're we're both to the point now that yeah, that's cool. But we just want to make sure that wherever we at, you know, home is where the heart is. Where we get love is 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 the the creed of the household and things like that. So like whether we, <clears throat> you know, what I'm saying because you can have a big ass mansion, uh, like you don't, we don't really need all that if it's only just three of us. You know what I'm saying? We won't be able. We will need walkie talkies to hear our son crying. But right now the crib is in our bedroom. You know what I'm saying? Like to me that's beautiful. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yo, when right here, there, there's. There's less time that we have to walk down the hall or way down here to do this, that, and the third. Like, yo, you right here. You need to change it. Yo, we right here. You want, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's so, I think it's super dope because like I think about our ancestors that was raised in slave quarters. They still had huge families in a one room shack. You know what I'm saying? My grandparents who had like like them and their kids all together was like 10 people in a two-bedroom house. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it like you know, when 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 I, when when I found the value of a woman to not go off, <laughs> it helped me realize what it helped me decipher what the difference between a want and a need was. You know what I'm saying? And mm. and, and and like now, that that's that's what it all is. You know what I'm saying? I, yo, because you know uh, my wife, she 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 definitely wants to work right now. You know what I'm saying? But like you know. Like when she first got pregnant, she still wanted to work. I like, nah, I got you. You just, you like, you like, I want to contribute to the household. I like, you are. You bringing our child into the world, so you just sit down. You let me go out here and do this. You know what I'm saying? The pandemic hit. You know, all praises due. My job still was still paying me full. We still had our full uh, benefits and all that. I was like, well, sure, I'm gonna use this time. I started doing Postmates, started doing Grubhub. You know what I'm saying? Making this extra money, making extra real five hundred dollars a week here. There, there, here, you know what I'm saying? Just to supplement that income and all that good stuff. I was like, yo, I said, like, I know you want to, you know, do what you want to do, but like, look, 
we never been without a roof. We never been without water. We never been without electricity. We never been without food. Even if that food had to be ramen noodles and hot dogs, we never went hungry and stuff like that. And I will make sure that we never go without our basic necessities of the roof, the water, the food, and shelter, and all that good stuff. Because the love that we have will make sure those gaps are filled. You know what I'm saying? Because my wife is a tremendous cook. She'll take some noodles, hot dogs, and onions and make a something crazy. When I was just going to boil a hot dog, she makes a hot dog souffle or some craziness. You know what I'm saying? And all that good stuff. So, yeah. you know, like when she does that, I was like, yo, it, it's, 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 it's a feeling, man. It's, it's like a beat your chest moment. And, you know, I don't know. It's just weird because it just seems like that's trying to be stifled now. But um, that's what I would. That's why I want to be examples to you know some of my village children, my actual son. It's like, yo, man, this this is this is this is this is it. This is it. Financial freedom doesn't mean a mansion. Financial freedom just means that your income is higher than your debts. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? So, so let, <laughs> let me tell you a quick story, a personal story. When my dad left when I was uh, four or five years old, I didn't see him for about maybe seven or eight years. Recently, now my, my dad came back when I was like 12. So we've been had communication. I never had any anger with him. Recently, we started to talk a lot more. And I, I talked to him about why he left, blah, blah, blah. He told me that the way he was raised is a woman's not supposed to work. And he was like, that was the final straw because my mom wanted to work and leave him. I was the youngest of three. She wanted to leave me at home with a babysitter and go to work. So his alternative was to leave and take everything out of the house and leave an empty wow. house. Fast forward years from now, my mom is about to retire soon, but she's been working 35 plus years at the same job. She's reached some of the apexes at that job. And my dad said he was wrong for that because he didn't realize that the climate was changing for women. So if it was changing back then, it's definitely already changed yeah, now. So my piece of advice, my piece of advice to you is don't forget to allow people to grow. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and uh <clears throat> I get what you're saying about her staying home and watching the baby, because listen, it's cheaper to have one of the spouses watch the baby than paying all that that daycare. Right. And um but help her find a spot where she feels like she's actually still oh yeah absolutely because like this is only temporary this is just while she was pregnant and while she's healing you know what i'm saying like you know once mm -hmm. she gets that together mm -hmm. our, our, our plan is like you know what like maybe for the first two years let's see if we can if we can do our thing the way that we're doing it right now so we can save them them tax you know credits and all that good stuff build a nice little and one more, one more thing yeah. I want to say about that too, with people you, yeah, I, I hear about y'all doing great things in the community, AKA, you know, Miss Hammonds and everybody else that I talk to. And, you know, you guys are life coaches. Yeah. She, she's certified. <laughs> yeah. 
There you go. Get it popping, man. That's that's gonna be a need for all this trauma out here. We about to absolutely, experience. absolutely, man. Each, each one, teach absolutely. one, man. Each one, hug one, man. A lot of people just need hugs and a shoulder to cry on, man. But they're trying to act like crying ain't cool, man. They need to get over that. They need to get over that. Crying <laughs> is the coolest thing ever. It heals you, man. Absolutely, it heals you. Thank you, sir. You are now part of the Silhouette Boys yeah. Club. It's people like you who move in the shadows to help people like me shine. Yes, and we appreciate you today. Now, we always on this show love to get a referral of someone else you would like us to interview. It's just someone that you know that you can give us a contact for that we can interview and talk okay. to. Okay. You want me to tell you want me to say his name now? Yeah, go ahead and say, say his name um, out loud. I have can, can I give you can I give you two? Or just one? Just stay on one. Sure, sure. Two um, is great. A good brother that I know, his name is uh Shimmy. Uh, online, he goes by the name L Shimmy, and um, he's like a a, a great uh, yoga instructor, Taekwondo instructor, you know, like the super health guy. Like if that that's who I aspire to be on the health level. Like this this dude is is, is super amazing. Um, so definitely him because I know he has a story pre super fit brother you know what i'm saying and i even i want to know more of that transition from you know before then to then because i think that story is super valuable um um and another brother i haven't known him very long but we we we, we linked when, when, when we met we linked very quickly and his name is uh brother brian x uh of the uh he's uh the state captain of the nation of Islam here and also my barber, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I met through a, a mutual friend and, and, um, we just, you know, we just immediately clicked, you know what I'm saying? And, um, I would like to know more of his story too. You know, I, I would like to know more of his story. So this will be, this is what you do. If they have Instagram or something like that, connect me with them. Yes, sir. I'll talk to them. They can come on the show and we'll definitely do it. All right. Sounds good. Man, I appreciate everything. I appreciate you coming on the Silhouette Boys. Yes, sir. You are now a Silhouette Boy oh. member. This is so Lucian's, man. Oh. Oh. <laughs> this is so Lucian's. Where we give real solutions for soul survival. Yes, sir. Manhood. It has to happen. It has to grow. And we're all responsible for it. One more thing, man. I actually had a couple of lectures on manhood on my on my YouTube page, Moa Studios. Um, I did uh, one was called uh, Message to the Brothers. And I actually had manhood part one and part two on there. Uh, manhood and part two was called the language of man. So, you know, um, if you have a chance to check them out, check those out as well, man. You know, manhood is a beautiful thing. Manhood is a great thing.